Oh, okay, okay. Yes, ma'am. I made it season. I'm excited, but at the same time, I'm sad. I'm excited because um, I'm already kind of curating what I want this next season to be um, and how I want to get out and everything. And also, breaking up the um, episodes and seasons just kind of helps me with the um, future of where it could go and the possibility where I could take my podcast. Um, so I'm really excited about that. But then again, I'm like, oh, I don't want to be recording. I'll still be promoting <laughs> the past episodes and everything. And then, um, you know, just kind of mapping out the new season. But yeah, this is the last episode of the season. Well, congratulations on getting it popping I know it was something I was on uh, you know your list of things to do so you knocked it out in 2020 because you don't just have the what's happening Wednesday you had you know several installments so congrats to you on that and I'm looking forward to see what else you got going on thank you friend thank you But, okay, so today, well, since this is fresh and hot, okay, you just listened, you were just made aware, Kelsey has responded to the Megan and Tori Gate, shoot Gate 2020. (laughs) (laughs) Kelsey has responded back to Kelsey said, who who needs to shut the fuck up? (laughs) Kelsey said, Bitch, who chain got snatched? Uh uh-uh. uh. This is going too far. Let me yeah. say my piece and drop the motherfucking mic. And she literally did that. Kelsey has a response track called Busting Back. Friend. Friend. <laughs> yeah. Um. Please, it's so fresh for you. Share your thoughts. Please tell me what are you thinking what do you feel um so a few different things um because your first thoughts was like uh she needs to stop (laughs) yeah like it's like a stallion like what like what are you doing Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying get involved in a back-to-back you know back and forth situation um so a couple of things one thing i would say is um I just I can't see anything happening and I'm not her and maybe Kelsey (laughs) felt like she had to do this because of you know what Meg did or whatever but I can't see myself like my friends that I have that I've been friends with over the years like I cannot Mm -hmm. see me publicly 
trying to do anything to humiliate or embarrass or down mm-hmm. any of my friends. So that goes for both of them. That's not mm-hmm. just for Kelsey. So for sure, I'm so glad you said that because for sure, yeah. So my initial reaction was like, "Who is this girl? Like, what is she doing? Like, you know, what's going on?" And she really just kind of sounded like a knockoff Meg, like a Kroger version, you know, <laughs> of Meg. Anyway. Not Kroger, bitch, I love Kroger. So, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying, oh, like, she geez. just sounded like a, you know, like, and it, it wasn't bad. Her, mm-hmm. her, her little, you know, couple minutes and some change, it wasn't bad. Mm-hmm. But you know, you this is your best friend. Is who you've been around for years. So, and you're not a rapper. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So naturally, you know, you're kind of indirectly influenced by the style. But I just feel like, um, you know, she said what she felt needed to be said. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess just like Tori and uh, August Alcina and even Meg, they feel like you know they have to monetize these moments mm-hmm. and capitalize on him and put him in song this will be the most ratchet musical ever if we combined all of these things <laughs> um, but I just hate that as friends like this is what y'all doing is bringing y'all drama to people who don't care about either one of y'all because we don't know them we don't really care about them not really so I just wish they would have been able to you know handle it differently but who am I <laughs> No, so, well, for me, it was like, I can 100% appreciate that Kelsey felt, that Kelsey defended herself, because, right, ultimately, that's what she's doing here, and everything since we found out Meg was shot, Kelsey has been absolutely silent, as far as her parts, her understanding, her knowledge, her even being there, she's been completely silent. And whether it was public opinion, whether it was blogs, whether it was Tori, whether it was Megan, everyone has been speaking in part about why she was there and what she had to do with it, whether it was directly or indirectly. So I, for one, could appreciate that she said, no, fuck this. You, shots fired is a heavy ass track. Like Meg's, Meg's track, her diss track on Good News is a heavy ass track. It's dope. It's it's tea filled, and um, I I feel like she's doing exactly what the shot what the song says. She's taking a lot of fucking shots. So for me, it was like when I heard Kelsey's part. I for one, even on the podcast, have been like, well, what the fuck does Kelsey have to say? What the fuck happened, Kelsey? And I feel like Kelsey finally was like, fuck that. You know what happened, Megan. You saying all this shit. You speaking indirectly about me. Now I'm about to go out here and talk my shit. And for me, I appreciated that when you, if you've been paying attention from the beginning, you watched the live between Kelsey um, and Megan. I didn't watch Tori's full live, so I'm not even involved in him in this. But if you if if you paid attention and just can kind of watch all the moving parts Kelsey was the last piece that put it all together and she confirmed the initial reports that it appears as though it appears you said <laughs> you don't know but it appears that Kelsey had this Meg wanted in 
And when she was confronted about that shit, she denied it. Now, this, I say this for two reasons. One, Kelsey making it be in her uh, and you know what I'm saying? Meg was sucking dick behind her back. Who the fuck cares if you're sucking dick if it's not the dick I'm sucking too? If it's not the dick and I'm And I hope it will be behind sucking. my back. <laughs> exactly. Nothing's behind my back unless it got something to do with me. Right, right. When she said that. And then two, the whole circumstances in it all. It will make perfect sense for Meg and Kelsey to be sitting in the back. Tori to be in the front. No, no. Kelsey and Kelsey, because this is what Meg said. Meg said, I was in the front, he was in the back. Meg said out of her mouth, that I was in the front, he was in the back. He was steady talking shit. So it will make sense for Kelsey and Tori to be sitting in the back, Meg to be sitting in the front, Meg to deny the shit, and Tori to be popping his shit like, bitch, you a motherfucking lie. You know what I'm saying? You know, you know what the fuck was going on. He was sucking my dick, blah, blah. <laughs> Oh, snap. <laughs> Waiting oh. for him to be going up on her like that. And Kelsey to sit there mute. Like, at the end of the day, why am I going to step in? What does this have to do with me? You arguing with about lying about fucking him. What the fuck am I supposed to say? What the fuck am I supposed to do? Yeah. That's why I come to the conclusion that I have that the initial reports that were that came out in the initial claims, like, Kelsey basically confirming that's what was true. And then two, in her track, she said, and then you said if I would talk that a sex tape would drop. So Meg ultimately was like, no, of this. Because at the end of the day, Meg was the biggest star in it. Tori's a fucking singer rapper. <laughs> it's kind of like Megan said. <laughs> he was on a remix. <laughs> oh, snap. <laughs> most of Tori's shit that pops, most of what we know about Tori, he was on a remix. So that's just that on that. <laughs> Meg was the biggest star in it. So it would make sense that she felt dominant enough to want to control the narrative. Doesn't change the fact that it doesn't make me love Megan less. I freaking love her. Still support and appreciate her movement. I'm still gonna fuck with her music because she a bomb ass rapper. But I am gonna say that that's some straight motherfucking bullshit and she seems to be a shitty ass motherfucking friend. Thank you. I am gonna fucking say that. And she posted up with some girls like, oh, love my best friends or. And that's the Something thing. Crazy, I know she like... knows those girls from college. But from what I understood with her and Kelsey, that was some schoolyard shit. Like, this shit go back like folks like on uh, folks like on the Cadillac. Right. From what we understood when Meg first came out and she was rolling with Kelsey, like that was some schoolyard shit. These these bitches, while they it doesn't change the closeness because I'm not with that no new friends shit, I feel like Good energy is good energy, right. and real connections are real connections, whether they're two weeks or two years old. I I feel like that, so it doesn't diminish that the girls that she's around now are really click tight with her. But it does speak that damn somebody from your childhood you would do like that. I don't know what, but it's like 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 Kelsey said, look what this is costing me. That's too much. Like, cause it does knock you down a bit as a person, like as an artist. I'm fucks with her. I fucks with her and I'm gonna follow her career. But just like the 
supporting all of her business ventures on every show. Like, I'm big on holding people accountable. I don't care what your profession is. Who you are as a person has to stand for what you do. I'm that person. Right. So, yeah. I don't know. It did knock her down a bit because I think that's bullshit. If you fuck with, fuck him or anything of that nature, while you and Kelsey was that tight, y'all was really rolling, traveling together, just doing the most together like that, and you would do something like that, and then never never give Kelsey the benefit of the doubt as to let us know, well, why was Kelsey there and she wouldn't defend you? Like, why was Kelsey there and she would even allow herself to be associated with anything like this and we don't understand that she's defending you. We don't understand that she threw hands. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I think that was wrong. I think that was, I think that's hella fucked up of Megan. Yeah, because you were saying from the beginning you're trying to hear Kelsey's side, so... I'm sure you never thought it would come in the form of a diss track. (laughs) I definitely didn't. Did not. Did not. (laughs) Bitch, I listened to that track probably about five, ten times when I first heard it. Like, okay, wait. Okay, wait. Okay, wait. Let me play. Let me play it back real quick. Yeah, that was... Let me play it back real quick. Is she for real? And I just, I really just took it as that. Like, she was like, no, fuck this. The shot, shots fired is heavy, period. You listen to that shit. Bitch, if it was about me, shit. So that's what I'm saying. So maybe that's why she felt the need, you know what I'm saying, to to come out and say something because of how she felt like she came at her. But I don't know. Like I said, I just feel like there's there's nothing that my friends could do for me to, even if one of my friends did some stuff like that, Cause I've had people that I'm not cool with or that I fall out with. Of course, not make uh, a diss track mm-hmm. <laughs> of being an A-list, A-list celebrity, but everything is relative. Mm-hmm. So I've had people that I was cool with that turned around and said things, and it came back to me, and I'm just like, oh, that's just crazy. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, and we're not cool anymore, but we were cool at some point. And if yeah. that's what, if that's a story that you want to tell, if that's the narrative you want to run with, that's a, the picture that you want to paint. Like, I know the truth, so it's just like, okay, like I don't have the energy, but mm-hmm. you know, it, it's different when you feel like someone is dissing you in front of the world. So and yeah, you feel like you have this stand up exactly yeah. and whatever Kelsey's doing she's still trying to you know what I'm saying grow and build on the platform that was um that manifested when she was hanging tough with Megan so I get like her saying like when it comes to these um entertainers like image is their work <laughs> you know what I'm saying like that is their work so it takes a lot to protect that just like just like you're not gonna let nobody go in the HR just talking these type of shit about you. You know what I'm right. saying? You're not about to let nobody be on the floor cackling and blacking about your business to customers. Anything of that nature, it's kind of the same thing. Like this is my image. At the end of the day, I have to do what I can to counter or clean up whatever is being put out here about me if I wanna continue to to live in this image, if I wanna continue to make money, if I wanna continue to continue to build a brand. So I, mm-hmm. I I could appreciate that. Now I still ain't gonna follow Kelsey on social media nothing like that now, but <laughs> no. <laughs> I appreciated that stuff was like, yeah, this ain't what we about to do. We, we I'm about to um 
let me go ahead and dance this real quick. Let me say my piece and we're gonna move on. And she said right. her piece and I can appreciate that and we're gonna move on. Yeah. <laughs> so I moving on to LeVar Ball Sidebar. So what's your I watch the Bass Secret <laughs> every Wednesday. <laughs> I really okay, love that okay. show. Do you watch it? No. I really love that show. I think it's I think it's one of the cutest shows on TV right now. And it's really, really fun to guess. So whatchamacallit um came on this season. He's a rapper. And I swore from the first time I heard this rapper, this I was like, that is Iman. Iman Shumper. I said, that is Tiana's husband. And then the clues. And then the last episode when he got a mask was like he's a champion. I was like, that's Iman. I fucking knew it. Bitch, it was a barball. <laughs> I was like, the sun. I was like, oh my like, goodness, he was nuts. Guys, I'm telling you, girl, I would have bet. I would have bet $50 that was Iman. It would have been out of, I would have been out on my ass. Okay. Because that is hilarious. I swore it, it was LeVar as uh, Robin Thicke. He wound up guessing it. He's pretty good. But so he wound up guessing it. I love Robin Thicke. And so I was like, oh. So when you see that story, I was like, that's very interesting. So his motherfucker's dead with his big ass mouth. He got a big mouth too because I remember when they first was getting, gaining some media traction and attention. He stayed in the goddamn news running his mouth about some shit when it came to them boys. Like, dude, shut the fuck up. I kind of always felt like that about him. Like, you that daddy that just, they roll their eyes and be like, bro, don't even talk too loud because I don't want my dad to come down type of shit. <laughs> he was always, you give that dad type of vibe. So he does an interview. <clears throat> Fucking about so the headline from the Ricky Smiley show on the Sydney or whatever was saying that basically Levar says that Levar Senior says that his sons won't ever meet any good women, only hoes. The highlight for me when I was doing my little investigating or whatever, trying to understand better what he was saying was that this nigga basically insinuated that the women that they come encounter with because of their lifestyle. The women that they come encounter with that are in their I'm gonna I'm gonna hope he means twenties. You know what I'm saying? Not their late teens, but their twenties, um, are basically just thought box. Thought box and opportunists. And he this this is where this is where I was like, oh no, oh no the fuck his old unmarried ass did not say that shit. Talking about, and if they're 30 and they come along and they're a good woman, then you have to question why she's 30 and single. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's tough. Mm. Um, you know, it's interesting because um, at work we had a client she was 42 and she was single and 
uh, my coworker made a comment about that. Like, how is she 42? And she was cute. Mm-hmm. Like, she was cute, you know. And he like, well, something must be wrong with her. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting to me, like, how that's never the case if a man is that age and single. Like, that's what's like, uh, interesting to me. Like, so for me, my thoughts are like, my thoughts immediately go to my own experience. Of course, naturally. I'm 30 and single. And so it's like, when I say my thoughts go initially to my own experience, it's like, I know goddamn well that I'm not single by no quote unquote fault of my own. By no quote unquote flaws that can't be uh, uh, accepted of my own. It's 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 a it's a nothing of that fucking notion, okay? I cannot make, force, or even wish a man to be all that my standards require or need him to be, right? And I'm just no longer at a point in my life where I'm willing to accept that you don't meet the standards, but it's okay just because you my man. No. No, no, that's why we're 30 and single because we have standards and we're unwilling to settle or accept below that just to say, I'm not single. The fuck? That's single is not a disease. Single is not a flaw. It's not a flaw. A woman being 30, that's not a fucking flaw. And I felt like he was trying to make it as though it was a flaw. Who the fuck? First of all, nigga, you got three motherfucking kids, you unmarried, and you got a big-ass motherfucking mouth, and you light-skinned. No offense, friend. But... I don't like light-skinned guys, so, you know. <laughs> 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 Only one of us can be light-skinned in this relationship, and it's gonna be... <laughs> Oh. No offense taken. But um, it pisses me off because I hate to act like a colorist. I fucking hate it. But when you piss me off, ain't no telling what the fuck. Ain't no telling how I'm coming. Because for I feel like the woman that he I thought he was married, but I know their mom their mom is white. She is <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm pretty confident. I'm pretty confident that um that she that she is. That's why I thought she was married. I mean, I thought he was married. Oh my goodness, this is not for real. Because I remember seeing her and being like, "Oh, that's why he talked like that and act like that." Because okay, you know what I'm saying it would make a lot oh, of yeah, sense. Oh yeah, girl. Her last name was Slatinsky. Tina Slatinsky. Definitely a fucking colonizer. Yeah, they got married in 97. And I got three sons. No, I'm over it. Definitely a fucking colonizer. And that does explain a lot. Because when a man is, a black man is married to a black woman, even if you have opinions like that, you ain't about to get on no motherfucking platform and say that shit. Yeah, I mean, it's just one of them situations where you like you could tell he just be wilding and she just kind of let him do whatever. It's like whatever. Yeah, type of thing. But I mean, to say that to me is just first of all, like I'm not gonna act like you know at least the oldest one 
he, you know, doesn't have a name for himself, but no, like, nobody is really, uh, I don't want to say nobody, but your son is not the most popular. The masses. Okay. Yeah, like no, like nobody is really going after your son, like your sons with their mouth open, like that, like period. That's number one. Number two, they definitely ain't no damn OBJ. Right. So, uh, you know, secondly, there are plenty of women that you could come into contact with who either, you know, have their own things going for themselves. Or are just not gold diggers. You mm. can definitely have a natural connection with a regular person because that's all they are. It's regular okay. people with high paying jobs, high profile jobs. That's all they are. Okay. So there are several A list celebrities, whether it be athletes, entertainers, who ha- who date regular women, regular in the sense of. You know, they don't have any celebrity status. They'd be willing to walk into a coffee shop on any given day because they're regular, regular people and they recognize that what I do isn't a reflection of who I am. You know what I mean? It's just exactly and literally what I do. You know what I'm saying? So they'd be willing to walk into a coffee shop and see a girl there reading a book and be willing to talk to her. She's cute. But if you I groom read that your book, sons to think that, like, it, then that's how they're going to look at women and they're going to respond appropriately. That was another thing that made me so fucking angry because it's like, how dare you try and put it out there like, oh, and if they meet a woman that's dirty and single, you got to question why. No, you need to be questioning why, if that's all they're meeting, is gold diggers and thought box. Why is that what they're constantly attracted to? Why is that where they're yeah. constantly putting themselves in circumstances and predicaments where that's all they're running into? Why is their circle mm-hmm. filled with men, boys, niggas, who's willing to bring only that type of woman around? That's a fucking issue, my nigga. That ain't an mm-hmm. issue with women out here living our regular, regular lives or even boss bitches who feel like they doing some shit that's beyond the regular girl. You know what I'm saying? Like, and they're they're single by choice. Most women at this point are single by choice. It's not that no man desires to be with women who are beautiful, ambitious, smart, funny, talented. It, it's not that men don't want to be with us. It's most of us just don't choose to settle and say, okay, just because I got a man, I got a man. Okay, here, all right, Sturdy done hit. I ran across this thing, a post the other day that really put shit into perspective for a lot of people, and I hope that shit went, went wide and spread on my social media because we have been trained for whatever reason to feel like 30 is a, is a pinnacle of, or is a plateau. Like, 30 is a plateau, not a pinnacle. And I feel like I, I even was conditioned that way until I hit 30, and it was like, this isn't that. I got a new wind. Like, I got a second wind about myself. I took a whole new career path at this decade in my life. Like, I figured out what I knew I wanted to do and how I wanted to grow my future for my family at 30. Well, the last leg of my 20s. But still, I was damn near 30. So, it's not to say that we don't 
want a relationship. We don't choose a relationship. We just don't choose to settle for things that mean us no well or don't serve or aren't conducive to the future we see for ourselves. And there's nothing wrong with that. What the fuck are your sons besides fucking basketball players? Are they good men? Are they nurturing men? Are they attentive men? Are they responsible men? Are they emotionally intelligent men? What the fuck are your sons other than fucking basketball players? So you just think they deserve a quote-unquote good woman. Fucking weirdo. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... I don't know. I guess I just, you know... I don't know, like I mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> because he because they were speaking about him. Shannon Sharp was speaking about him, saying you know that they want him to get more credit for you know raising you know three athletes in the same way that uh, the Mannings get credit for you know their sons and so on and so forth. And they said you know because Levar Ball carries himself a different way. Mm-hmm. Like, the way he carries himself makes people not like his character. Mm-hmm. So, it allows people to discredit, you know, what he's done. So, you know, the one thing I will say is, is a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. if you feel like I'm the best or my sons are the best and I'm going to push him to do this and push him to do that, that obviously um, has affected their, you know, their sons. But it works the same way with you saying, okay, well, everyone you're going to meet is hoes or this or that. And if somebody's single in their 30s, and I honestly feel like that whole time of, you know, how can I say this? Like Kamala Harris got married like in her 40s, Mm. I want to say. So I just feel like we're in a different era now, whereas women sought to get married like women went to college with intentions of meeting a husband at school you know what I'm saying or that was a focal point for them even if they didn't go to college or whatever the case may be that was the focus was getting married having kids starting a family whereas now women are more career oriented they're more goal oriented so you may not meet a man until your 30s because you're tightening up yourself and preparing yourself for the best possible version that you can be as a woman for somebody. So why is that problematic? You don't know anything really in your 20s. Not for real. Girl. If you really think about it, you know what I'm saying? We graduated like what, 17, 18? You know what I'm saying? And then go to college, maybe don't go to college, try out different careers, different things like that. So, um, and I'm not knocking people who, you know, have been with the same person since their 20s or whatever. I'm just saying, um, I it's not, we're, you know, it's 2020. We're not in the 1900s. Women are more goal-oriented and career-focused than before. And I think that's another reason why people, because, I mean, even people are having little mm-hmm. kids. Like, statistics are showing people, even married people, people in relationships are having mm-hmm. less kids. And they're having them later in life. People are getting married later. Um... But you can't say nothing that man say. It's serious. Um, and he's so loud. Girl. <laughs> he's so loud. But you can't take anything that he says um, serious. I do commend him for, you know, producing some athletic sons, I guess. But, um, 
you know, he just, and he likes attention. He's a he's a Very media whore. So that's why so. it's difficult sometimes because it's like, do you really think this? Exactly. Really or is you this? just saying some Or are shit. you doing this to get attention? Period. Right. Period. Well, it, it that's got my your thought as well. Time. It sure did. Got your ass on my shit list, motherfucker. Cause you don't dare. You trying to act like you just done <laughs> produced and you just done shot some gold out your damn pee pee with them motherfucking pissy tail ass boys. Just because they some goddamn NBA players, is they even in the fucking NBA? Um, the oldest one is um, I know one of them. They professional um, athletes. Okay, whatever. They make all of them in the NBA, but they professional athletes. Okay. Fine. What the fuck? Yeah, ever. they are. But again, is a husband? Is a husband material? Because guess what? God ain't gonna give a fuck about that motherfucking NBA title, bitch. Mm. Yeah. So mm, anyway, okay. Speaking of, <laughs> speaking of professional athletes, no, it's really not speaking of them, but kind of a little bit, but not really. <laughs> it's my hot pick <laughs> so my hot pick of the week is a hot pick P-I-C-K and the pick is Brandon Wood Blackwood Brandon Blackwood right so Brandon is a handbag designer out of New York and I am obsessed um this is following all of this Birkenstock, all of this Gucci, this Louis bag. Um, and we find out in these last couple years, as it's been known for a while, but it's just getting more blatant, that these designers really don't give a fuck about Black people. <laughs> Even though um, we are the culture and the uh, communities that continuously push these brands forward, these brands and because the they're clearly shit is not popularizing them I'm very not gonna the statue that she's wearing it's just not gonna happen Kate likes her shit you know so they, they're just in their way. <laughs> we, the black community, popularize these brands. So I am all for the black designers making headway and growing their brands and businesses to these places that these luxury brands have made. And Brandon Blackwood says, you know what? Are you, are you on the barking, bitch? I got a brand in for you. <laughs> so his... Um, he is Brandon Blackwood NYC on Instagram and I stand, I stand his bags. You can tell the quality is great. He's doing um their mini bags. So that's a and that's a big, that's that's a really big term right now. The mini bags, so not a full bag, not a satchel, not a um not a tote or a duffel, but just a little mini bag. Big enough for your phone, your ID, your lipstick, your little bleezy, maybe even your little uh <laughs> Your little shot glass or whatever. <laughs> You're gonna be good <laughs> with your essentials in a brand of Blackwood. And one of the reasons that um that I wanted him to be my hot pick this week because he dropped a bag um that said his bag is uh this 
collection has instead of his logo, which is the Brandon um, Brandon Blackwood logo, instead of that, um, it had it's a collection that's promoting to end systematic racism. When I say okay, I stand, okay. I stand because the bags are fly as shit. Like they look quality, they look good. Like I personally can't wait to purchase them. The ones I've seen and got my eye on, they're sold out right now. It's the only thing about small brands is you have to give them time, especially when it's quality, especially when they're working to be a luxury brand. You don't want too many of the same. You don't want to oversaturate the products um, and things like that. So with these smaller brands, I totally understand you have to give them time. Um, so the ones I've had my eye on are currently sold out. And even that one, the in systematic racism bag is currently sold out. You can't find it on the website. But give him time. Give him time. Support him. Allow the business to grow. Follow him on Instagram. Support the bags that you do like. Um, promote him. Buy them as a gift. Like, let's make Brandon Blackwood a household name like you have Birkin because his bags are that. His bags deserve that. The quality is there the aesthetic is there and the style is lit like he deserves that and the message the fact that he would even be bold enough to be uh taking his brand new uh brand to the state want to want to be luxury to that next level and he'd be willing to promote it with a message like in systematic racism that's huge that's bold and it's extremely courageous and so I stand Brandon Blackwood um, NYC handbags as my hot pick of the week. I want everybody to support, repost, and purchase Brandon Blackwood's bags. I stand. I'm going to send you the, um, the links to the ones that I was seeing, and they will also be um, the the he has like a series um his series that he posted on his page and then the one that i really 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 like um the systematic systematic race the one i'm gonna go ahead and post as a cover out for this episode. so yes okay, me, okay. my girl okay now next thing i definitely wanted to talk about was um so mariah carey has a um a memoir released the memoir and it really got me to thinking she was talking about uh she was just giving some insider background as to her and a potential romance between she and Tupac and it really got me to thinking because we talked about Peppa and then you had mentioned Carmen um superhead Carmen (laughs) Johnson um, previously as well and I really wanted to talk about like what do you think about celebrities or people who have been in the entertainment industry uh, going ahead and choosing to tell their stories in a tell-all or in a memoir and spill tea about some people who are no longer living Peppa um, or just um, tea about things that is kind of like dang sometimes you feel like, Ugh, I don't think I wanted to know that. <laughs> what do we think about that? Um, 
So you're you're asking what I think in general about the yeah catalog. them doing it. Period. Yeah. What's your thoughts? Um, I feel like it's probably mm. fun for them. <laughs> you know, to like to like look back at their life mm-hmm. and spill their own tea and do it while they're alive. Like I feel like if you are a legend you know right curious a legend um so you want to be able to tell your story mm-hmm. before someone else tells it or before mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you leave this earth um i do think that there's a way in which you go about it um like uh what pep mm-hmm. did that was just like tacky um, you know, Corinne Stephan Superhead, she just really uh capitalized on the moment itself because no one cares now, right? Um, so I think that it is a timing thing. Um I can see why you know some people wouldn't necessarily want a movie made about them. Like I would I love Mariah Carey. I wouldn't want to see Mariah Carey's movie. <laughs> I would not. Um, like if she was to do a documentary like if she was to do a documentary and she was to be talking and they were to show flashbacks and things mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. I would tune into that you know but the remake uh, with the reenactments I just the biggie one was good that was the last one that I felt like was you know really solid um but um but yeah but I think that it's my tea I might as well spill it. I might as well give y'all a little insight. It's classier than just being on one of these, uh, you know, reality TV joints and saying whatever. Um, And they still have to find a way to be relevant and collect a coin. Because no one really wants to hear a new Mariah Carey album, for real. So what else can you do? And I love Mariah. And I love Mariah. It's no shade. It's no shade. I'm just saying your time has passed. It's time. For, you know what I'm saying? So that's the thing. Like when you reach a certain level, you don't have anything else to prove. She's She probably don't want to mm-hmm. make music anymore. You know what I'm saying? She's probably over it. She probably doesn't want to go on tour. She might do something in Vegas. She might do like a residency in Vegas or something like that. You know what I mean? But Mariah Carey, you know, she got twins. She... She ain't think about us. She got that old money. Only person I know that did a whole MTV crib <laughs> several episodes. Like who else did this? She was doing, she was doing outfit changes, the butterfly wallpaper. I was like, yes, yes. Mariah. Yes. Um, so that was a good ass show, bro. We had a good I ass R.I.P. This fucking show. We did. Okay. And then the world became what it is. I so that's what I'm saying. So think about the nostalgia that we think. So yeah. People, people like Mariah Carey, you know, the 90s. Like, I don't know if you watched the um, Mike Tyson fight, but even like Snoop talking about how like his, he was at the height of his career when, you know, um, Roy Jones Jr. was boxing and how they were synonymous and like reliving those moments. Like that is a fun thing for these people. So, um so I support it. It just has to be done tactfully. 
and not mm-hmm. to dig at other people. Like, don't throw shade in Trying to books, make it to a blog. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I agree. What's your, what you think about like, it? I agree that I, I'm big on tell your story as you see fit. <laughs> I'm big on that. But it's just like you said, you do it with text. Everything and every which way about what the way Pep told her story. Any relation with Andre or completely tacky. Whereas, like, um, I don't think 50 got too much into detail, but even he has a what they call like a memoir. Um, they did say he speaks a bit on his son in the situation or whatever. Um, and then with Mariah, like, I, I I, love that. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like you say, that's your story. And regardless of if other people are involved, you do it in a way that doesn't try and take a dig or diminish that other person's legacy or character. You do it in a way that's simply telling your story. Don't narrate their part in it. You know what I mean? Just tell your story. Right. Say how you were there. And that's really all you can do. Because ultimately, that's what we have of Jada and Tupac. Tupac never got a chance to really speak on him and Jada. What we know of them is what she's given us. And it wasn't to, to narrate his part in their relationship at all. She just simply spoke about her love for she spoke about how what he gave her felt to her and her experiences. Him writing her in prison, that's her story. She received a letter from him in prison. That's her story. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't narrate that he was fully in love. He couldn't wait to get out and come home to her. It doesn't narrate that part of it for him. It just tells her story. So I, for one, can completely appreciate stuff like this. I'm nosy as fuck. <laughs> and I love hip hop. <laughs> I love music so to just know these stories it's one of the things I absolutely adore and endear about verses is the background the backstories the studio sessions that's one of the most endearing things about verses for me is y'all sharing that with us while we had our own experiences and times with this music when y'all shared it with us and gifted us with it your guys had lives too because like you said y'all just told people this is y'all at work but you were still whole people living your own lives. And it's a very interesting thing to me to get a glimpse into these regular, regular people living their lives and still producing this type of work that I absolutely love and enjoy. You know? I like I, I truly can appreciate that. Yeah. And I hope more people who do you want who do you want to write a memoir? I I want somebody, I want Russell Simmons to write a memoir, but I only want him to write it if he gonna really be honest and spill tea. Cause I know that bunch of stories. Yeah, like from the fat <laughs> Russell to like Not today's Russell, Russell, like pre-vegan Russell. Yeah, that's why I had to switch it up and say pre-vegan. You know, pre-vegan, pre-yoga Russell. Um... I mean, I'm a, you know, I'm a Jay Z enthusiast, so I will always oh, we would never. want I to know. hear. Yeah, you're right. That is one that's just like, 
and it makes me want it that much more like how like how what Master P is doing so maybe he maybe you know Jay-Z won't do like a um like a, a memoir book or a tell-all but I can see him doing like a, did you see when Dr. Dre did uh, the mm, Defining One on HBO okay so um so yeah mm-hmm. so how that setup was because mm-hmm. it wasn't just him talking about himself um Jimmy Iovine and a lot of other people were involved with just like the making you know just around NWA and all of these things so maybe if Jay-Z did one that was more so about like you know Rockefeller and Rockaware like more of the business you know aspect of it and of course some personal things would be mm-hmm. intertwined um but like when a Dr. Dre did his he didn't speak about um like his love life or you know stuff like that it was more In just industry related the too. business side of things yeah and um I know Rough Riders has one like a, a, a whole documentary yeah I've seen that one out. I haven't mm-hmm. seen it Master P yeah Master P has one with no limits so I could see him maybe doing something like that but just like on, on title level, yeah you know it's on like title. how yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right right so like what like basically how the how Dr. Dre's was um was was produced like how I like, could, how that I could take together. that like, like I, I really could take that because like that. um and I the versus series and through this um pandemic uh time and stuff like that when people are realizing that content is everything to stay relevant like you said to the people since you can't do shows music is just not making it that far because the clubs are closed um they're giving us more personal content um I can definitely mm-hmm. see that him being more apt to do something like that I definitely would appreciate that I would take that I surely would <laughs> because it's yeah. the most he's given us Bianca, Bianca yeah. gave us homecoming she gave us uh, life is but a dream like she gives us a little right we don't need to know what happens in the elevator Okay. We don't need to know what happened I mean, in the like, elevator. We don't need to. I mean, we don't nothing. need to know. Like, I mean, nothing. But he has gone on TV and he has gone on mm-hmm. TV and talked yes, about he did allow her. Stuff. And even with the interview like, with. He has done that. Um, it's the David Letterman on my next guest, the Jay Z interview. It was so. It was yeah. my favorite yeah. one. He's a freaking character. He's a really funny dude. But that private life shit, like that shit is in him, not on him. That shit run deep. <laughs> because he you'll mention they'll mention that shit and he'll look at you like, is this a question? I know it's the interview, but I ain't giving you shit. You got a question? <laughs> I mean, cause at the end of the day, he still is a nigga from Brooklyn. So don't have me on here where I feel like I'm being yes. you know, interrogated. Yeah, like we not we not doing none of that. You already know how that go, but um, because even when he was on tour, like I went to uh, his show and he was speaking about it before a song. Like I forget what song it is, but it was about basically him cheating on Beyonce. Like mm-hmm. you know, I can't look in my daughter's eyes, and you know, water out of water. And before he performed that song, he spoke about it. And I know mm-hmm. he didn't just do that mm-hmm. in the A. He had to do that everywhere. You know what I'm saying? 
So I could definitely see him doing something that was not into their personal life. You know, of course, a little bit. Just to mm-hmm. him being proud and when they come, and, that's you know, his wife, you know, how they speak about it. He was like, she was ready to leave. Yeah, fucking ass. You know what I'm saying? So to be in such a better place, to have your right. twins now, to surviving your rainbow baby. You know what I'm saying? It's just it's something to definitely um, teach through, and I think that's a, that's that's his big deal. Is that if I'm gonna speak, if I'm if I'm gonna speak, it's gonna be to teach. You know what I'm saying? If I'm gonna open my mouth, it's gonna be to say something effective. Um. So I can appreciate that. I think that's a good one. That's a good pick. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I, I'm looking mm-hmm. forward, though, to 2021. Oh, my God. Nikki finally going to get us her documentary. I'm very much so looking forward to that in 2021. She got that deal with HBO Max. I couldn't... I, I didn't know what was happening, but I knew this bitch been told us who's going to get this documentary. And then she got pregnant, so I held off. I didn't say nothing. I was tripping because I got excited, like, oh, my God, she's probably going to give us some behind-the-scenes footage of um, pregnancy and delivery. And now she's announced it. HBO Max got the, um, they got the deal or whatever. And so, yeah, we can look forward. And this is dating back to, this fucking documentary is dating all the way back to when she first broke up with Meek. This is footage from way back then. So I'm definitely interested in how they chalk splice and, and split this up because it's not one it's not a one time documentary. She's doing a documentary series with them. So um I'm excited about that. I'm definitely interested in that too. So yeah. I hope they continue with this. I definitely hope this is how they they realize that this is our way in. We love it. We're interested in it. And it's it's forever. These are things we will always be able to look back on. I personally watch a life is but a dream and Nikki's documentaries on a regular basis. Like I get in the mood and I, I just put them on because it's just really interesting stuff to look back and see. So I like that. Yeah. I do. Oh my God, friends. I don't even want to go. <laughs> I can't believe I couldn't believe it when I kept going back and forth like about the 20 about the 15 about the 20 and I was like I'm gonna do 15 and I was like that's one more episode I couldn't believe it I can't believe it I can't believe it. guys this is it's, it's so much fun I have so much fun doing this but it's also work <laughs> it's also not easy. <laughs> yeah, indeed. It's not the easiest thing um, that I kind of maybe would have thought. Like, no, just I'm gonna just pop my phone out and record. It's it's completely not that easy, but it's the best thing that's happened to me this year. I really and truly can say, launching my podcast and just creating this platform, having these conversations with you on record, friends, just. This has been the highlight of my 2020 for sure. I'm so, so excited to be entering Aww. this new year of life. My birthday is on Friday. To be entering this new year of life um, with something new down in the books. Hey. I tried something new. In therapy, a week ago, she asked me, she was like, um, I want you to walk me through that because that was my homework. She was like, walk me through um, the last time you tried something new. And it took me a few days because I'm like, Damn, last time I tried to do, was it when I moved? Like, what? What? Was it a fool? And then I, I couldn't believe the third day I woke up, I mean, my eyes literally popped up at like 7 o'clock. Like, my podcast. 
How can I forget? Forget, girl. Something completely new, fun, invigorating, exciting, and absolutely um, heartfelt to look forward to. I love you, friend. I do. I appreciate you. Love you too. Thank you for involving me. I'm glad to Thank you so much. I truly, truly appreciate you. I appreciate everybody for tuning in. Every any listener who allowed me to be uh, my voice to be under your ear. Um, I appreciate appreciate you guys. I completely love you. Please look forward to more. This is not going anywhere. We just we just give you okay. We just get in our big toe wet. The foot ain't even in the door yet. Our big toe is okay, wet. Right, right. I don't think I'm coming back <laughs> ever next season. Uh, I'm kind of been mapping out how the uh, how the networks and the, the showrunners and shit lay out and map out their seasons and stuff like that or whatever. So we gonna model this a little bit like that. Um, and I'll be um announcing probably probably like the top of the year when I'll begin new episodes. But I'll certainly until then promoting all of the previous episodes, all the ones that you guys may have missed, and all the ones I feel like everybody's seen this here, <laughs> which is all of them. If you ain't heard of them, you need to hear them all. So um. Well, like I said, I'm thankful that I was able to be a part of it. I'm super proud of you for pushing through and setting everything up in the midst of a pandemic. It's been a lot of distractions, a lot of different things going on. So this has definitely been a highlight of 2020 for me as well. Um, And I'm just looking forward to the days when we are, you know, on the top of somebody's charts and we're just listening to these super old (laughs) podcasts. Right. Started from the bottom now we yeah. hear type of yeah. type of feel. So I'm excited. Thank you. Oh, I love y'all. I love y'all for listening. I love y'all for caring by sharing, talking about, speaking about, discussing my podcast. I love, love, love you guys so much. And I will be back for a season two in twenty twenty one. Y'all look forward. Go shop Brandon Blackwood. Shop black business, period. <laughs> don't forget that and happy birthday to me and Jason right December 4th a star was born <laughs> he went for Louis okay alright you hey. well I'm gonna see y'all next time and we and you will <laughs> talk soon friend love you Good night. alright sounds